Doesn't it feel like everyone's trying to get us to buy or consume a product that they're, they're trying to sell us? Like even at, at work or with our entertainment or even in our religion, this idea of consumerism really has, has seeped into almost every aspect of our lives. But there is an alternative. In fact, there's an alternate community, a community that gives far more than it takes, a community where you can find mutual acceptance and encouragement and dependability, a community where you are personally invited to be a vital part. So let's talk about it together. We are enslaved to a system that depends entirely on us being dissatisfied. We, we constantly are manipulated to think that our, our value and our worth comes from what we can buy and display and consume. And we end up believing that, that what we have is not new enough or, or big enough or that we simply don't have enough. And we're stuck. It's a cycle that eventually works its way into how we view and treat others and, and how we view and treat ourselves. And surprisingly, the church was created to be different. The church was created to, to destroy the cycle of consumerism by being a new kind of community. As we've talked about before, the church is not a product to consume, but a community to join. But as we saw in the last episode, we've turned the church and we continue to treat the church as another product to individually consume. And we, we all agree that, that community sounds better than just consuming, but we continue to insist on consuming. Why do we do that? Because we choose consumerism over community because consumerism is just easier. And honestly, and, and stick with me on this one, the difference between religious consumerism and a true Jesus-following community is very similar to the difference between going to Taco Bell by yourself and enjoying a family holiday dinner celebration. See, no one in their right mind actually thinks Taco Bell is a better option, but we choose that, or fast food, more often than a family meal because you know, it's good enough. It's good enough to keep us from starving and it's quick and it's easy and it's cheap and we get what we want without having to do any of the work to make it. And we don't have to go there with anyone else and we can pick and choose whatever we want and we can stay anonymous. There's no relationship we have to build with the people there and we can move on to, to other, another fast food place whenever we want. There's no commitments or promises to keep and really the immediate cleanup is really easy and simple. And if you work there, you make some good money. And of course, the long-term effects aren't that great, right? You, after you eat that meal, you don't feel that satisfied. You actually feel kind of sick and sluggish and even lazy. And ultimately, it's unhealthy for you. There's just like empty calories. You don't end up looking or, or feeling the way you want to. And that's just like religious consumerism where religious consumerism is, is easy and quick, right? You can get in, punch your church card, get out, and then get on with your regular life. You can get your uh, religious experience without having to actually change at all or even contribute anything. And you can stay anonymous and safe. You can sneak in the back and then leave when things are over. You can quit and, and move on and upgrade 
whenever you want. It's nice and clean because you don't have to get into people's real lives and hurts and pains and quirks. And if you work there, it's actually a pretty easy way to make some good money. But the result, and have you ever felt these like spiritually inside? The result of religious consumerism, you, you feel unsatisfied. You're spiritually unhealthy and weak and even sick and sluggish or, or bored. And you end up really alone. Life doesn't look the way you want and you really don't know why. See, religious consumerism leaves us unsatisfied, unhealthy, and alone. Now, a huge family holiday celebration really is a rare thing for most of us because it's a huge time commitment. It takes time to make this meal and it takes people, it takes many people interacting in the same kitchen all day to make a good family holiday meal. And then we, you get into each other's way and, and maybe even on each other's nerves. And if you don't show up or, or you leave unexpectedly, it's noticed. And you have to put up with things you don't like, like a green bean casserole with, with Cheez-Its on it for some reason. And it's messy. There's a kitchen to clean up. There's dishes to wash. There's, there's kids to deal with spills and all that kind of stuff. And you don't make any money doing it. In fact, it costs you. It costs you time and effort and patience and money. But what comes out of it if it's done right? Everyone participates. Well, except grandpa, probably. Everyone gets to build relationships and, and those relationships are strengthened and memories can be made for life. There's this sense of belonging because there's time for family members to talk and hang out and the kids to play together. And you get a delicious, satisfying, real, mostly healthy meal with, with leftovers to share with others and, and keep you satisfied for many days afterward. It's like a real community. Where, see, real community is slow because it takes time to, to know others and trust others and understand others. In a real community, we have to be willing to accept each other, forgive each other, and ask each other for forgiveness. In a real community, we're challenged to take Jesus seriously and then adjust our life accordingly. You can't really coast and fake it. Which means people are now involved in your life and even your choices. And so you become vulnerable and real, but you become authentic also. Because there's, there's no, no room to hide, to be anonymous. You're challenged to contribute. It's harder to simply leave when you're upset or, or feel like moving on because real relationships have been made. And just like a family meal, things get messy. In a real community, things get messy, things get awkward and even uncomfortable. And there's fewer people really willing to take that step, which means if you work for that type of organization or community, there's less money involved as well. But the result is life-changing because you find acceptance and support and purpose. You're transformed to be more like Jesus. You, you discover that, that inside of you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. You become healthier. You become happier. In this type of community, everyone has a role that builds and strengthens the group as a whole. And life is improved for the community at large as we, in our community, reach out and help. See, in a Jesus-following community, we find a life worth living with people who think we are worth loving.
The Apostle Paul describes this idea a little bit more poetically than Taco Bell. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And the body of Christ meaning the church. And that is what we are invited to. It's a beautiful picture of what happens when we join a Jesus-following community where we are all connected. We're all needed to make up the whole. Each individual part makes up the whole part because we cannot be the church alone. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. See, when we join this community, we lose. We, we give up our individualistic identities. Our, we give up our consumeristic classes that we put ourselves in. When we join this community, we're no longer you and me. We become us. And if you are a part of this community, you are a vital part of the body. We are all doing our part. We all have purpose and meaning and belonging together. A Jesus-following community finds unity in and even because of diversity. We all are different, but together we make one whole unified body. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? See, in this community, in this body, there's dependent mutuality. We need each other. We need to be committed to each other because community requires commitment. And when we only pursue religious consumerism, we're never satisfied. We're always looking to be like a, find a better hand or, or a better foot that can fit better onto us. And maybe we, we do in religious consumerism, we do find what we want for a while. Then we start wondering, what is this organization? What is, what have those legs given to me lately? And if we feel like we've, we've gotten all we can out of that community, that church, we move on to, to another church or just drop out altogether. See, consumers are fickle, but family, family is committed. And at Cross Creek, we have seen the effects and the dangers of religious consumerism. So we changed our direction because we realized that the normal method that we were using to do church really lends itself toward enabling a consumer mentality. And we discovered we were inadvertently creating religious consumers. And so we decided to be relentlessly committed to being a Jesus-following community. And so here's what that community looks like for us right now. Each part that I'm going to talk about is designed to facilitate the formation, the growth, and the strengthening of a community with a purpose. A community that invites our neighbors to discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers together. And we took our cues about this loosely from the first countercultural Jesus-following community. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper or communion, and to prayer. See, our, our method of being a Jesus-following community has really five parts. There's the teaching, like the first church committed themselves or devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so what we teach here in these episodes and what you're listening to or watching to 
is the apostles' teaching. But every church has teaching, right? See, there, here's the difference. In consumerism, in religious consumerism, we learn to consume. We, we try to soak up as much knowledge about God as possible and try to learn deeper and deeper things. We, we hope to be fed. Really, knowledge becomes its own goal. The more knowledge you can get about the Bible, the better off you are for some reason. But in a Jesus-following community, we learn in order to apply it to our lives. See, in a Jesus-following community, teach, the goal of teaching is life change. See, anything I say, whether it's super deep or, or whatever, it, really, it won't change your life at all. I could have the most amazing, wise thing to say to you, but it's not going to change your life unless you do something with it. And many people join churches because of the pastor's teaching. The statistics show that. like People choose churches over the pastor's teaching. But here's the thing. I am not a product to be consumed. I'm simply a, a member of a Jesus-following community created by a man who rose, a man who we believe is God, who rose from the dead. And I simply happen to have a teaching role in this community for now. And so we... we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. We devote ourselves to fellowship. And this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is, we're talking about our connect groups. This is where the church is actually the church. See, our small groups, our connect groups, they're, they're not a Bible study. They're a real, tangible expression of a Jesus-following community where we discuss the teachings, yes, but we discuss them in order to see how we can apply them right now. And in these smaller communities, we get out of them what we put into them. See, we can just go and, and sit and listen and soak and nothing happens. But if we're willing to be real, if we're willing to be vulnerable, if we're willing to accept each other and listen to each other and share with each other, these communities can be life-changing. Otherwise, they just become you know, another club to consume. And you don't have to, if you want to be a part of this community, you don't have to go through the Cross Creek route. You can, and we'll put you in a group, but you can make your own. If you have some friends who want to watch an episode and then talk about it with the questions weekly, that's great. Make your own group and start your own Jesus-following community. And then it says they devoted themselves to sharing meals and communion. And that really is, is focused at our gatherings, our get-togethers, where all the different connect groups come together and, and see that we're part of something bigger, that we are truly the body of Christ working toward the same goal. And these gatherings are an opportunity for others to come and see what this Jesus-following community actually looks like and where people might be able to find other people to join with in those smaller communities. It's where you get to hear what Jesus is doing in our community at large and in our smaller community. And then it says they devoted themselves to prayer. We really find those in our alliances, our one-on-one -on -one groups. Yes, we pray for each other in our connect groups, but in our alliances, you find one-on-one -on -one mutual support, mutual acceptance, mutual encouragement where you're praying for each other. You're sharing your lives with each other. And we can help you get into an alliance if you don't have somebody to join with, or you can just start one on your own with a, with a friend or a colleague. We have resources on our website that you can find to help you start and continue an alliance. And then, as a Jesus-following community, we say we should follow Jesus' main command, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And so that is why we are committed to being for Salem. 
See, too often the church becomes a club or an organization that insulates itself from the rest of the world. And too often we're known for what we're against instead of what we're for. And we don't want to be an isolated community because we are a community purposely in and purposely for our larger community. And you might say, oh, that's, you know, that's really great. You thought that out, pal. Good job. But I have a few objections. Well, let's talk about those. First objection might be, well, John, I'm an introvert. I don't really need or, or really want to be around people. So a community doesn't, that doesn't sound great. I know. I'm an introvert too. It's very weird that someone who doesn't really want to be around people is telling us that we need to be around people. But there's a difference between being an introvert and being a uh, committed to individualism. See, an introvert, basically it just means you recharge when you are alone. Jesus went off to be alone to recharge with his heavenly father. But individualism really selfishly and arrogantly thinks that you don't need anyone else in your life or you just don't want to waste your time helping anyone else. There's a difference between being an introvert and being individualistic. You might also be saying, well, you know, that's great and community and stuff, but really, my church is being alone in the woods. My church is, is enjoying nature and, and experiencing God that way. Well, here's the problem. It doesn't work that way. See, it doesn't work that way because we aren't talking about a religious experience between just you and God. If we were just talking about going to a church service to get filled up, then that would totally make sense. But what we're talking about is a daily life where your relationship with Jesus spills into and permeates every other relationship. See, where the living Jesus is actually loving and serving others through you. Another objection, I understand this, because we're Americans, is I'm busy. I don't have time to join a community and, and be involved in people's lives. Well, here's the thing. We all have the same 24 hours in every day. The difference really is what we make a priority, what we prioritize. If we prioritize work and consuming over connecting in a community, then we'll eventually be consumed. We won't have anything to show for our life. And also really, with the right perspective, our work can become a place where we carry out our greater purpose, where our community makes a difference. You might also be saying, wow, this, I guess I kind of like the idea, but is this church, this is so different from what I thought church was, to which I would say, exactly. See, we've been conditioned to think that church is a specific place we go on a specific day at a specific time where we have someone teach and inspire us and we have someone else who, who leads us to worship God and then we have someone else who then takes our kids and teaches them the important stuff about God, give them more knowledge about God. And we might give some money to, to help out or, or pay our dues or show our appreciation, but then we go home and live our real lives the rest of the week until we go to church again. And let's be honest, the usual way the way we're used to, it's not working anymore. See, religious consumerism might be comfortable. It's nostalgic, right? It's what we grew up with. And it's definitely easier. But religious consumerism is not how Jesus followers will bring the kingdom of God to earth now. So, I am not encouraging you to be a part of Cross Creek. I am encouraging you, watching and listening, to be the church. 
and hopefully to be the part of the church we call Cross Creek Community Church. Because we're not trying to build a brand or an organization built on one person or, or a few staff members who do the work and then everyone else kind of sits and watches. We are building a community that can last. Building a community that can be for our neighbors no matter what comes our way in the future. But for this to happen, we all have to recognize that we are a part of the same body. So to do that, we have some homework. This week, let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31 and see what the body of Christ actually looks like and how it, how it, it supports each other. And then, if you're ready, pray this. Pray, Jesus, show me how I can play my role in the body. Show me how I can play my role in the body. And then, I'm encouraging you to join the community. Join a connect group. Come to the gatherings and see what this community is like. Find an alliance. Make an alliance with someone. Commit to each other. Support each other. Pray for each other. You can, you can sign up for any of these on our website. See, pray that we become effective, that we keep our eyes on the mission, that we become and stay self-sacrificial for the one that sacrificed himself for us. Consumerism saturates every part of our culture and it's killing us. It's killing us physically, it's killing us relationally and emotionally, and it's killing us spiritually. And the only thing that can eliminate this clinging stench of consumerism is seeking the kingdom of God, denying ourselves daily, love and loving our neighbor as ourselves together. See, we might not change the world, but we can be part of changing one life at a time. And you are invited to play your God-given and God-designed role as a vital member of the body of Jesus. We can either surrender to consumerism and, and go with the flow and, and hopefully achieve a life that is good enough, or we can commit to a community that is committed to each other because we are committed to the King, to the Savior, to the God who committed His life to us. And we can find true life, the true life that Jesus offers all of us. Because the church is not a product to individually consume, but a purposeful community you are invited to join. Because we find true life when we commit to a true community together. info here scrolling on your screen. So those of you listening on the podcast, let me let you know what's happening at Cross Creek Community Church. We've got two get-togethers in April, April 10th and 24th at 4.30. We meet at Gateway Forest Square Church in South Salem at 525 Idlewood. Information in the show notes, but we'd love to see you at one of our upcoming gatherings. Uh, secondly, there is an Easter Eve service happening on April 16th. That's a Saturday. It's Easter Eve, and it'll be at 4.30. We're very excited to be celebrating Easter, it's kind of a big deal. Thirdly, Youth Connect is happening on April 3rd, only once again in April because of Easter happening on April 17th, but we'd love to see middle school and high schoolers over at the church on April 3rd at five o'clock, dinner included. 
And lastly, we're collecting some items for Judson Middle School's clothing closet, Gateway Foursquare Church, uh, built an area there at the school for kids who have high needs. And we wanna help fill that closet with some much needed items. Can you please bring body wash, shampoo, conditioner, and athletic shorts, all sizes, to the church on any of the Sundays we're gathering or Saturday, and we'll get those over to Judson Middle School. Thank you for being for Judson and for Salem. We'll see you soon.